This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl Mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. 
You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Katie, I may not have the biggest hands you've ever seen. You might not find me in Playgirl magazine. My feet may not be perfect, but I know my own self-worth. And the length of my affections less important than the girth. I'm not the tallest guy you've ever picked up in a bar. But I'm comfy in an airplane or the backseat of your car. I'm not setting any records when I look down in the shower. But baby, I'm a giver. I'll go down on you for hours. And Katie, oh my God, your smile sets off wedding bells. I'd love to see you wear it with little to nothing else. The way you look last night's enough to make me want to scream. You came into my life like something straight out my wet dream. So I think it's safe to say that length is less important than communication, foreplay, and the love inside a man. The greatest lover here, well, let's not let the question linger. Remember, I play piano. I'm amazing with my fingers. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And this is a Thursday, so you know what this episode is. It's this week in Bachelor Nation. We are going to give you all of that juicy news. We are going to give you those gains. We are going to give you those parasocial plays. We're going to give you some screams. We're going to give you our state of the world. But before we get to any of that, we have a little bit of business to take care of up top here. And this business relates to our Patreon. Oh, I thought you were going to do different business. It's Clues' birthday today. <laughs> well, we're recording this on Wednesday, which is my actual birthday. But we're going to get to my birthday in State of the World. <laughs> the business okay. that I was referring to has to do with the fact that we put out a poll on our Patreon. And several mm. votes came in. We asked our Patreon listeners, we have been thinking about doing a watch-along episode for The Pit, and we would love to know which of these shows you'd be most interested in having us watch. Available on streaming services, so they're easy to find and watch. And we got some results for you. Coming in at... Third place, Survivor Season 20. Coming in at second place, The Circle Season 1. And coming in at first place, the season we are going to do a watch along with is Love is Blind Season 1 on Netflix. 
So this episode is going to come out not this coming Monday, but the one after. And if you want to watch this show with us, how it will work is we're going to say at the beginning of that episode, okay, start your episode now. And it will be as though you are watching the show with us. You will listen to what we have recorded, and we are going to be commenting on what we're seeing as we're watching the very first episode of Love is Blind, season one, currently available on Netflix. We hope many of you will join us down in the bottom of the pit because we want to start doing more stuff like this as well. Watch alongs, listen alongs, where it's kind of like we get to react in real time to whatever the media is that we're watching. And then you can play that along with yourselves watching the media and kind of have that experience because it's for us like some of the most fun things of all time with Bachelor are when we get to go watch it together with each other and have that reaction kind of in real time. So we hope that you enjoy it. And again, Love is Blind was the the dominant favorite in this poll. So mm-hmm. we hope that you guys will all enjoy it down in the bottom of the pit. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon yet, you have plenty of time to do it. It's patreon.com slash Game of Roses. There's a lot of stuff in there that you can dig around in. A bunch of different podcast episodes now. A bunch of different live shows that we do every Monday night. Those are all still available. You can watch them on YouTube even though they're not live. And you can check in with the live ones as we do them on Monday nights. We got weird songs in there, creatures of the weekend, all kinds of shit. And now on to more important business. It's Clues' birthday. It is. And we're going to get into that in a little segment where we discuss something that is going on in the greater world. And then we talk about how it is related to our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. State of the world. Before we begin, I have a present for you. Oh. And this is a present that my (laughs) late grandmother gave me on every birthday I had. Is it a $5 bill and a birthday card? No, not that good. It would... (laughs) It was a call. She would... She would send to me. I would usually get in it in a voicemail form, but I will perform it for you now. Mm. Happy birthday to (laughs) you. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Happy birthday, dear Bachelor Clues. <laughs> Happy oh birthday to If you can't that was tell, fantastic. My, my grandmother had a very thick French accent. I don't know if I did it justice, but... I think you did. I appreciate that very much. That was a fantastic performance, and I feel honored. Happy birthday. I hope you have a special day. Well, it's about to get special, because that wasn't <laughs> the only present I'm getting today. <laughs> I'm also going to get to dominate our state of the world and talk about whatever I want. How it relates to The Bachelor, uh-huh. I don't even care. It's how it relates to me. <laughs> this is my <laughs> birthday, and I'm just going to talk about some shit that I like to talk about. So today, yes. as we know, look, we're going to get into a bunch of shit in the news as well. Lion Dykes 
had their twins this week. Was that a birthday present to me? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. Um, but this definitely seems like it was a birthday present to me. On my birthday, literally today, the House Intelligence Committee got a classified briefing by the Navy and the FBI on what UFOs. And then a few weeks from now, there's going to be an unclassified version of that report given to Congress, which hopefully will then be disseminated to the general public. We're all going to get to hear the information that has been kept secret for 75 years, or at least whatever they're putting in this report. Uh, We're going to get to learn that to some degree. Now, a lot of people have been talking about and writing about already that this report is not going to contain the smoking gun, what the UFO community calls full disclosure. We're not going to get a picture of a dead alien body or anything like that. But... Uh Even if we get no new information, even if we only get the videos that have already been released of confirmed UFOs that are in the New York Times on CNN, and it's just kind of a more detailed version of that, we are now beyond the point that UFOs are considered to be things crazy people talk about or jokes. Mm -hmm. We're getting news now at a steady clip. Every month, some new government thing comes out that says, yes, UFOs are real. And I know there are detractors. Many of my friends, in fact, are detractors of this. Well, doesn't mean they're aliens. Sure. Mm -hmm. Then it means it's another government that has technology we consider to be magic, which is, in my opinion, far more threatening than aliens. But I just don't buy that to be the fact because let's say Russia has these, these craft that are capable of outperforming our craft at a level that literally is incomprehensible to all military officials in the United States. Why would they not have used these for more than just like a few flybys and to get people like curious about, oh, what is it? We don't know. Maybe they're not ready. They can fly circles around our best fighter pilots and best air technology. Yeah, but maybe they can only go for like a few minutes. You That's know, probably it. They have a longevity <laughs> <Yeah>. problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. They could, it only takes them like 10 seconds to get to America from Russia, but yeah. uh, then they can only fly for like a minute and a half. I don't know what the, the true answer is. I tend to believe it's fucking UFOs. It's aliens, I mean. That is, to me, the most logical explanation because these sightings aren't just happening in America. They also happen in Russia, China, Japan. They happen everywhere around the world. Brazil has some very famous ones. It's not... Mm-hmm. I think if it was a I foreign... mean, I've seen some, like, blurs out of the corner of my eye, like, every day. <laughs> what? Is that something? <laughs> yeah, probably. I just, like, get your eyes I don't, checked, maybe. I'm not surprised that there's someone in every country who says they've seen a UFO. No, not someone, military people, people who are trained to make these observations, pilots Mm. who are, at least military pilots, are trained to be able to identify another plane just by its silhouette so that they can tell if they're about to shoot on a friendly plane or not. So like American pilots know. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they're military pilots, but like military pilots are literally trained. One of their training functions is to be able to identify other countries' military planes so that they know potentially in a dogfight like who's the enemy and who's my friend so you don't accidentally shoot a missile into the back of your buddy you know um and they're unable to identify these craft as are foreign militaries unable to identify these craft you know 
I learned that I have something that is not good for a pilot to have, which is called photic sneeze, which is where you sneeze when you look at the sun. Oh. And there's like an estimated like 15 to 25% of people who have this where your like neurons are crossed. So it's like something they have to look out for with pilots because if you turn an angle bright light, you're sneezing. What's happening to your dials? You accidentally your launching bars. missiles and shit. Your yeah, what's happening to your bars and dials? I don't know. <laughs> um, Is that helpful? I'm colorblind, by the way, so I could never be a pilot either. Oh but no, sorry. I'll be all right. I am enthused. I am hopeful by the fact that these briefings are now happening. It's not just like pie in the sky type shit anymore. This is all going down. Whatever information that's about to be imparted to Congress in the unclassified version will hopefully come to us. And mm -hmm. I just, I want this conversation to be like taken seriously. It's strange to me that it's not, not even in the scientific community. The U.S. Mm -hmm. government is saying there is shit we don't understand. Shouldn't the scientific community be like, well, we should check it out. Instead, you've got Neil deGrasse Tyson and stuff being like, well, I don't know, maybe, but that's a crazy amount of proof you have to have. It's you like, want so find Neil deGrasse proof, Tyson to respect you. Not me. I, the biggest mystery in the universe, the question that we have answered since the dawn of human con or asked since the dawn of human consciousness, are we alone? That is possible to answer now, maybe, if we just started looking into it. Instead, people roll their eyes at this, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand what has to happen. The U.S. government is giving briefings to senators on UFOs. They're saying their shit. We don't know what the fuck this is. How mm -hmm. much more serious does it have to become until there's like actual inquiry done into this in a, a real way? I don't get it. I don't understand why people don't take it more seriously, I guess, just generally speaking. I mean, I think people have different priorities and there's a lot of fucking shit happening here, you know, <laughs> still in a fucking raging pandemic. I think it's part why people like make fun of all the billionaires for like wanting to go to space it's like or you could cure poverty give mm -hmm. people houses etc seems like maybe a more worthy cause in my opinion but yeah no i get what you're saying and i think the bezos thing is more like he's just kind of a thrill seeker adventurer going into space that's just like rich guy doing whatever the fuck he wants elon mm -hmm. musk is a little different because he's building an actual space program to like put humans off of planet earth and that is obviously i mean 100 percent necessary the whether we can solve climate and all the problems we have or not eventually the sun does consume our planet if we don't get off planet earth as a species humanity dies for all time all of our endeavors turned into ash so at the very and least that's bad i'm on board with that well, I mean, whatever. It's good. It's bad. Whatever you want to think of it personally as. But that's a fucking fact. You know, if we don't get off this planet, it's all fucking gone. So I'm, I'm kind of behind that. But I get what you're saying. Like, yes, there's a lot of problems and all this kind of shit. But these kind of like mm -hmm. fundamental inquiries into the nature of existence, to me, that shit trumps any like kind of human malady. And you're like, oh, we have a pandemic. It's like, yeah, but we now know there's a galactic community of sentient creatures that we might be but able we to communicate don't know with. There is. No, we don't, but I'm saying we could if we focused on it, if it was more than just like, 
an eye roll reaction to the fact that UFOs exist. If like the whole of humanity was like, holy shit, what the fuck is a UFO? We have to find this out. If instead of spending trillions of dollars building missiles and shit, we put trillions mm-hmm. of dollars into trying to figure that out. Oh, I, mean, I definitely I don't, don't think we should build any missiles. I think all of that money we should spend on other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And I just think this is like, in our lifetimes, probably the Large Hadron Collider and UFOs are, in my opinion, kind of the biggest scientific discoveries, inquiries, endeavors that we could engage in. And it's just so strange to me that like, no one cares. That's, that's really what it is. Not even that people don't take it seriously. Nobody mm-hmm. gives a fuck that yeah. the government is like, aliens are real, by the way. And people are just like, well, but I don't know how much does gasoline that. cost? No, and they're not going to. But again, what is it then? I think the mm-hmm. most logical explanation is that they're alien. Or potentially... I think it's this short fuse, <laughs> Russian UFOs. They're powered by something that's really expensive. It can only go for a few minutes. <laughs> then what do you think the Russian UFOs are? Not you're saying that this China. is like technology built by Russia. So you think the UFOs that Russians yeah. see are Chinese, and then what are mm-hmm. the UFOs that the Chinese see? Are those American? Russian. It's just a triangle. They're China <laughs> <Okay>. and Russia. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think a own. lot of these UFOs that people are seeing, I don't think are real. I think they're just totally yes. And that's coming out in these reports. There's a lot of UFO sightings that are explainable as like weather mm-hmm. balloons or weird camera trick, whatever. There's a bunch that are explainable. Drones. But there's, there's enough that are not explainable that the government of our country, the most powerful military in the world, is saying, we don't know what this shit is. This is a video that is real. There is radar data to back it up. It's not just a camera trick. These things are popping on and off radar, moving at speeds that no man-made object can. It's the cicadas. (laughs) They have created vehicles. (laughs) Look, I think it's not a 0% chance that it is some like deep sea fucking creature. Like if you ever saw James Cameron's The Abyss, that whole movie basically reveals that there's this like super sentient, technologically advanced species living at the, like the deepest part of the ocean. And as we know, life you on our planet creatures. could be. We, we know that the UFOs go into the sea and like disappear. I would buy that at the very least, that there is some sentient race of creatures that has evolved millions of years before humanity ever did. Because life on Earth started in the oceans and has been evolving there for much longer than any land animals have been so it's and they've like just it's kept possible it secret? sure possible i mean look i saw godzilla versus king kong and they had a whole universe in the core of the earth so anything is possible absolutely and really that's what the ufo thing is to me as well and some other scientific discoveries that are happening in our lifetime it's like i think we all get locked into this way of thinking that it's like we know everything about planet earth it's all solved. Mm-hmm. Fucking one percent of existence is solved. If that, we don't know shit about anything. Yeah, and I believe that UFOs are like a part of that. They are evidence of something bigger, and we just need to like look into it and treat it seriously. I think. Which of Thurston's players do you think believes in aliens? Captain Volcano definitely did. Marty definitely did. 
Mineral Marty. Mineral Marty. I'm not sure if anybody else does. Who do you think? I could see Carl. (laughs) 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 After that group date public performance. Yeah, I think he might be with you on this one. (laughs) He's going to reveal himself to be an alien, and it's like he just doesn't understand human interactions. He's trying, but he's not doing it well. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you for indulging me (laughs) on my birthday, this conversation about UFOs, aliens. I hope you don't think I take it as a joke. Like, I don't think you're a joke for this. Oh, no, I appreciate it. I don't. I don't really care what people's opinion of me is about my adherence to it. It's like, this shit is real. It's happening. And you either Mm -hmm. believe that it's real or you don't, but it is. The objective truth still remains. And so we get into these kind of weird territories that's like, you know, what happened with Trump. You select the reality you want to believe in, and then you find evidence to back it up, and you dismiss any evidence that contradicts it. In this case, the UFO evidence, I think, is contradicting a very long period of time for the mm-hmm. reality that people have constructed. And it's very hard to like chip through that uh, barrier that people have put up to even the idea of talking about UFOs that you'll yeah. be labeled crazy or whatever. And it's like, that's all done now. You have to discard that. And I know for most people, that's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. There's definitely a long history of treating a lot of things as crazy and it, you know, that turn out to not be i know and everything that's happening with like quantum science right now i mean the way we deal with reality is about to fundamentally change forget about ufos like the way we envision what this all is in our lifetimes is going to change dramatically it already kind of is if you're like reading any scientific papers about quantum theory and the new quantum particles they're discovering and how observation affects reality all this kind of shit it's like Mm, manifesting Kind of, kind of manifesting, yeah. But just that by observing something, you can change its outcome. Maybe it's an, in an arbitrary way. Maybe you actually can affect something in the way you want it to be affected simply through observation. You know, quantum teleportation, quantum entanglement. What do I have to do to change it? Observe it. You're doing it now. Everything you observe is affected by your observation of it. I'm staring real hard at my computer screen trying to clean it. It's not working. <laughs> not yet once the aliens land and give us the computer screen cleaning technology we will be able to do it with our minds okay but until then thank you again everyone for indulging us thank you pace case for indulging my screen from the pit on my birthday the aliens are among us this episode is brought to you by fanduel football is back and the best bet you can make is downloading the fanduel sportsbook app it doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel. Because right now, you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now we are moving on to... 
This week in games. As you know, in this segment, we cover the ratings of our beloved game, and we also get into the movements on Instagram and TikTok for some of the top players. So let's start out this week in gains by discussing the ratings for the second episode of Katie Thurston's season 17 of The Bachelorette. Well, last week, night one had the worst opening night ratings in the history of the franchise, and this week the numbers were even worse. In the 18 to 49 demographic, the second week pulled in a .8. This is down 18% from last week. And in raw numbers, 3.3 million tuned in, down 11% from night one. But even with this downward spiral, The Bachelorette still won the 8 to 10 p.m. time slot across all networks, although it was a narrow victory. That gap is starting to close now. So we'll see if Thurston can hang on to that number one spot for the remainder of her season and if the ratings will see any improvements as the regular season moves into playoffs and finals in the next month. But despite the low ratings, I still maintain that the true indicator of how many people are engaged with the show are not the TV ratings, not the antiquated Nielsen box that baby boomers are tuning into, but rather the social media numbers. And in that metric, Thurston continues to show gains. Last week on Twibbon, she was at 637K, and our crown gained 28K since that point, bringing her to 665K total. I predicted that Thurston would cross the million threshold by the end of the regular season, while Clues predicted it would happen during the playoffs. As the weeks go by, we will eventually come to see whose prediction was more accurate. She also gained 6K this week on TikTok. Certainly a smaller gain than on Instagram, but some of her posts have over a million views. And now... For the top five Instagram gains for the players of Katie Thurston's 17th Bachelorette season. The gold medal in gains this week goes once again to Jersey marketing sales rep and Bachelor Clues' MVP slash POTG play of the game recipient, Greg Grippo. He gained an incredible 48.1K this week. A slight dip from his 59K gain last week, bringing his total to 112,000 Instagram followers, becoming the first new player to join the 100K club. Grippo once again blew everyone else out of the water by over 38,000 for his continued masterful play of shy style, day portion love level one, matching outfits, toilet play, saving his death of father PTC, (laughs) mirror PTC till the night portion, playing which was complete with walls and tier play and ultimately extracting the first loaded love level 2.5 from Katie Thurston. Who's ever going to fucking catch up to him? He's dominating this season in a way that is remarkable to me. Yeah, This is like Mossian style gains where he's just so far ahead of everyone else. I just don't see anyone catching up to him. But we will see. The silver medal in gains this week Again, goes to Boston real estate agent Christian Smith. He gained 9.8 thousand new followers this week, bringing him into the 10K club with 19.2K total for his performance on the Greatest Lover group date, a combination of speech about his theoretical love language 
acts of service, including taking out the kitty litter as well as his voluntary nudity play of ripping off his tearaway pants. He's not getting much screen time, but Christian continues to be not nipping at Greg Grippo's heels, certainly, but still second place. Yeah, he's doing something in 19.2K. Ain't nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty decent. I think he'll parlay into maybe 100K by the end of the season. The bronze medal in gains goes to San Diego gym owner Michael Mikey Planeta, a.k.a. Virgin Mike. He gained 7,071 followers, bringing him to 12.5K total for his group date performance, including ICM tier play, and an on-stage forced PVC telling Katie and the nation that he was a virgin, as well as getting the group date win of the Greatest Lover Trophy. Very impressed with Mikey Planeta's play this week. And fourth place in gains goes to Nashville math teacher, musician enthusiast, Connor B., a.k.a. The Catman. He gained 6.2K, bringing him to 13.9K total and into the top five for his correct answer of a woman's largest erogenous zone being her brain, his innuendo-laden public performance song about his self-worth and fingering using the phrases no take backsies and his take two kiss play. No take backsies on those gains, Connor Brennan. Fifth place goes to my MVP and my play of the game recipient, Clay Harbor's cousin, pro football player, Andrew Spencer. Spencer gained 4,270 followers, bringing him into the 10K club with 13.5K total for his continued colorful narration, mud wrestling victory, group date knock knock, 4TRR, mirror poverty PTC, and good kiss lead-in lines, and getting the group date rose. Congratulations, Andrew Spencer. And honorable mentions this week go to good guy John Hersey, who gained 2.9 thousand, bringing him to 8.8K total for his gentle mud wrestling play, continuing to come off as 4TRR as possible, including saying that all the other guys are good. Aaron Clancy also gained 2.8K for his forced 4TWR tattle on Cody Mank, who we said goodbye to this week. And just to give you some idea, here's the top five chart of overall Instagram followers for players on this season. Sitting high atop this list is a player we have not yet seen set foot in game. That's, of course, Blake Moines, who made his debut on Bachelorette Season 16. We know he's going to crash the season. We've seen him in the promos. And Mr. Moines has 142,000 followers still topping everyone who is actually currently playing. Greg Grippo comes in second place with his 112K that we mentioned earlier. Carl Smith comes in third place for that 40.4K that he has due in large part to his successful motivational speaking business. Christian Smith comes in fourth place with 19.2K, and of course, the Catman himself, Connor Brennan, is sitting in that fifth place spot at 13.9K. That's the top five overall Instagram chart for this season. We're going to be watching how that shakes up as more people express giant gains as the season continues. But that does it for this week in gains. Now we're going to move on to all of the biggest news that happened this week in the nation. 
This is... Bachelor Nation News. Bachelor Nation babies take center stage in the news this week, starting off with season 20 ring winner Lauren Bushnell, now Lauren Lane. She and her country singer husband, Chris Lane, welcomed Dutton Walker Lane into the world on June 8th, 2021. A few days later, Lauren took to Instagram to introduce Dutton to the world, with a pic of herself holding her newborn that she captioned, Your dad and I can't get enough of all nine pounds of you. Now back to baby cuddles and praising Jesus over and over again for this little miracle. But little Dutton wasn't the only miracle Jesus produced in the nation this week. The Lion Dyke twins are among us. On Saturday, June 12th, Ari Leyendyke Jr. and his second choice for wife, Lauren Leyendyke, went to the hospital where they welcomed a twin boy and girl into their growing family. The Leyendyke twins are the second and third children of this parasocial power couple from season 22 of The Bachelor. The Leyendykes have defined the current era of baby spawn con with their first child, Alessi, who is two years old and boosts an impressive 359k Instagram followers. The twins themselves come into the world with 309,000 Instagram followers, carefully curated by the greatest parasocial parents in the game. We wish all of the new Bachelor Nation babies happy and healthy lives and long, lucrative SpawnCon careers. In a normal week of Bachelor Nation news, Lauren Lane having a child would dominate the headlines. Yeah. This week, it was like secondary to the Lion Dyke twins. Uh, there are so many babies being born this week oh, to huge... I mean, Lauren Lane's a ring winner. That's a yeah. huge baby to be had. I mean, she was a listen to your heart guest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but she was part of Ben Higgins season 20 that ended with the, one of the most controversial moments in the history of the modern game where Ben Higgins says to both then Lauren Bushnell and Jojo Fletcher that he loved them both. And that resulted in Jojo becoming the crown the following season. And he and Lauren, you know, worked their relation out for hours. It worked for what, a year or something and they broke up? But a couple of years. she was, oh, a couple of years. She was one of the most beloved figures in the nation. She had a baby. That was big news. People covered it, Cosmo, all of that. But what the Lion Dykes have done here, it was astounding. And we're going to get to more of that in parasocial plays for sure. But they were everywhere. They were in all of the main Bachelor News things. There was a, um, an Access Hollywood piece that they did about it that was like five minutes long that literally just used pictures from their Instagram and their YouTube to show you basically that the Lion Dyke twins had been born. It was a big, big week for Bachelor Nation babies. Moving on to the next piece of Bachelor Nation news, Carly Waddell finds herself in the news this week. Evan Bass posted an image of Waddell lying in a hospital bed to his Instagram stories with the caption, Carly's first ambulance ride. She's going to be okay. And my goodness, this brings back some memories. He followed that up with a slide of simple white text on a black background that read, 
Thanks for all the prayers and support. After nine hours, we left the hospital, but she's still in pretty rough shape and may have to go back. Continued thoughts and prayers are so appreciated, and she knows she's beloved. I know you all want to know what's going on, but it's her health and story to tell if she wants to share. I did get permission to share this photo from her earlier, so you can relax, Jan from Wisconsin. In all the madness, she lost her phone and really needs to rest, so it might be a bit. Bass and Waddell met on Bachelor in Paradise Season 3 back in 2016 and were married a year later. Their marriage lasted three years before the couple decided to divorce. They share two children together. We don't know exactly what Carly is facing, but we wish her a speedy recovery, and we wish Waddell, Bass, and their entire family all the best in what is clearly a difficult time. And rounding out Bachelor Nation news, Jenna Cooper is engaged. This past Wednesday, Cooper celebrated her 32nd birthday, as well as her engagement to boyfriend Carl Hudson. Cooper took to Instagram to announce her acceptance of the proposal with a shot of her engagement ring, which is substantial. The couple welcomed their first child, Presley Bell, earlier this year. Congratulations to everyone in the Cooper family and everyone in the nation this week who had babies, birthdays, and engagements. And that does it for Bachelor Nation news. There were a bunch of babies and Seems like people are generally happy in the nation. It was kind of a slow news week. There wasn't any Dark Lord Harrison rumbling to (laughs) report on. It seems like that story, at least for now, is kind of in the rear view. I don't know if we're ever going to hear from the Dark Lord again in context of our beloved game. Yeah, I've seen people asking, like, is Roses and Rosé going to come back? Where's the Zemes? Oh, shit. I bet not. Right? Do you think he holds sway over her in that conversation? That he's like, they kicked me out of the nation. You're not going to fucking do Roses and Rosé ever again. I mean, I don't know if he would have said it that clearly, but I think he can say all that with a look. <laughs> <laughs> They're just eating dinner, and Lauren Zima's like, Dark Lord, I'm thinking about doing Roses and Rosé again. And he just fucking oh, like shoots her a demonic look. He makes his eyes glow red like Teen Wolf style. And she's just like... Or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would guess if we haven't heard it at this point, it's not coming back. Yeah, that's strange. I, I liked Rose and Rose. I think she's very funny and very talented mm-hmm. on camera. I would like to see her covering Bachelor and doing more Bachelor stuff, but it does seem now like she's just kind of a general on camera piece of talent for Entertainment Tonight. Yeah, maybe a rebranding. Something that rhymes with roses. <laughs> Could you imagine this? Just roll with me for a second here. Oh, God. What? <laughs> it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Zima. Uh-huh. And the Dark Lord split up. Lauren Zima is your next bachelorette. Mm. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah, Lauren Zima, if you're out there, if you're listening, this is a strategy. All it requires is you to walk away from the Dark Lord. And you obviously know so many producers on the show. You are locked in to the structure of the show. I think it would be mm-hmm. a simple phone call for you to be the next Bachelorette. In I think that would do so well. She's very charismatic. Yes. And she's already got a couple hundred Instagram 
a couple hundred thousand Instagram followers, I think. She's got 195K coming into the game. And it would just be fascinating to the, the subtext of that story that it's like, this was Chris Harrison's girlfriend. He's persona non grata. She's like, fuck you. And now she gets to take over the game that he can no longer be a part of. I would love to see this. Lauren Zima, if you're out there, this is my birthday wish. It's up to you. Oh my God. Her latest post on Instagram, it's for National Rosé Day. It's her dancing in sunglasses holding a bottle of rosé. Baylock I commented, bring back roses and rosé, hashtag speaking for everybody. So he wants roses and rosé back, but he wants the show to end. <laughs> Baylock High don't is line a confused up, <laughs> person. Yeah, he's, he needs some help with, with how he's phrasing these things. But I don't know. We'll see if this happens. I don't think it's going to. I think she's in it for the long haul with DLH. But if not, yeah, Lauren Zima, you do have an option here. You could wear the crown. And you could be the first player to come from outside the game to do so in a very long time. I mean, outside the game, technically. It would be the first Bachelorette ever. Yeah. Oh, God, now I really want this. Okay, what do I do to, to alien manifest something? You have to look up quantum entanglement and quantum teleportation and learn how oh, to use your quantum powers to manipulate reality around you. That seems like a lot of work. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of manipulating reality <laughs> around you, now we move on to talking about that primary reality, the digital world, social media. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. There were a ton of great parasocial plays this week. But first, we want to highlight a post that was actually done a month ago. This is a post by Connor B., a.k.a. Catman's mother, Lisa Brennan. Her Instagram is at author and advocate. And her bio reads, rainbow emoji mom, trans advocate, author of the auditorium in my mind, slash treasuring my transgender child by Lisa M. Brennan. She made a two-slide post about Connor on May 18th. The first is the image of his face along with his fun facts from the Bachelorette's Instagram page. The second is a photo of presumably Connor's ankle in which he wears a gray shoe, a jean pant leg, as well as a black anklet, that's a bracelet for your ankle, 
with the trans flag on it. The caption reads, while we're proud that our son Connor is going to be on this season of The Bachelorette, we're even more proud that he wore a trans flag ankle bracelet, picture number two, in honor of his sister, parentheses, and all trans people for all of filming. Hashtag treasuring my transgender child. Hashtag trans is beautiful. Hashtag protect trans kids. Hashtag protect trans lives. Hashtag P flag. Hashtag LGBTQ rainbow emoji. Hashtag trans people belong. And we learned that Catman wore this anklet for all of filming in order to honor his trans sister. Another fantastic play that we saw this week came from season 22 superstar Becca Martinez. She entered the parasocial arena this week with a four-slide Instagram post to commemorate her graduation from UCI. The first is a solo shot in her graduation taught, followed by a couple with her family. Then a solo shot highlighting her free spirit archetype brand, both middle fingers up. The caption reads, I freaking did it. Class. Hashtag class of 2021. The post has 157,000 likes, 1,323 comments. Congratulations to Becca Martinez on this tremendous accomplishment and translating it into strong parasocial engagement. Amazing work, Becca. Graduating when you have multiple children and a job. It's a incredible achievement and i loved the you know the free spirit twist at the end with the middle fingers very uh iconic our third parasocial nominee was connor b aka the cat man to Go alongside his musical performance on the public performance group date, Catman posted a 1 minute 36 second video of the full song to his Instagram of his entire Greatest Lover performance. The caption reads, The gloat by unpopular demand, the full version of my song from the first group date. I'm sorry, mom, heart emoji. This video has 23,000 views, 177 comments. Please watch this video at Connor Falcon. It is so, so good. Honestly, it made me think that he is the ring winner. Like, if Thurston saw this whole song, she probably saw his potential to do TikTok collaborations with her. That's what I saw when I watched this video. I was like... It was incredibly impressive. It was even funnier and sexier than the cut-down version that we saw on television. I got some messages about this video. The start uh, to sprinkle the seeds of a bit of a conspiracy. Boy. Some people messaged me. I got this multiple times, and when I watched the video, I was like, maybe. Multiple people said, is he doing this in front of a green screen? Because his outline looks a little harsh. And he's sitting in front of like some trees that are kind of swaying in the background, some plants. And I'm like, it might be. He might be on a green screen. And then further, some people were like, if he is indeed on a green screen, do you think he's in paradise? And the producers set this up, had him record this, and post this to his 
social media as so that it would create engagement for the show. Now, I don't know if this is taking it too far. I don't know if this is going down a weird rabbit hole. Wait, but why change the background? To hide that he's actually in paradise. Oh, my God. I don't know. Look, I don't know any spoilers. I don't know who's I don't in either. paradise. I don't know any of this. Don't send them to us. Um, <laughs> that is... I mean, but he could hide that he's in paradise by just, like, being in front of a wall. Why would he need to green screen leaves? Seems like... <laughs> uh, look, I don't even know if it's a green screen. It may just be a weird effect of like a, a high quality camera or something. I don't know. But it after I read that and rewatched the video, I was like, is he in front of a fucking green screen? Well, it no wasn't like a 0% possibility to me. He is wearing a flamingo shirt that suggests a carefree beach lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that like yeah some of them aren't going to post because they're in paradise hmm and it might be a thing that the producers wanted him to post to use it almost as a smoke screen but it's like look he can't be in paradise he's posting right now I would think that they would want everyone to do that actually I would think so as well but then that means that they have to have because they're not going to allow them to have their phones constantly. So it would have to be like very specific, like, okay, now is your time to do social media. Here's what you're going to do. And you have to post it. The show would have to basically take yeah. control of all their social media accounts, which is interesting. I don't know. The more I'm watching it, it does look like he's not in that forest. I know. I believe I, this look, more than I, Phantom Night one. <laughs> 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 look so the man if he's not the ring winner he's gonna touch sand that's a guarantee yes i agree so now we have phantom night one and we have Catman's fake forest and the cybering so many conspiracies but it was a strong parasocial play whether it was manufactured by producers or not and we wish we could have given it play of the week but instead, something else happened. There were a few other players who added a play to the parasocial arena this week, of course. We are talking about the Lion Dyke twins. They now draw breath on the same world that we all inhabit. And we had great expectations for what their debut parasocial plays would be once they were on this plane of existence. Parents Lauren and Ari Leindyke did not disappoint, and they made this amazing parasocial play of the week. They posted a 16-minute video to YouTube about their birth story. This video has everything. It has heartbeat noises. It has a string instrument playing a sweet song. Ari films straight to camera shots of himself and then interviews with Lauren. They show the phone app timing her contractions. Ari shows the twins car seat setup. They go to the hospital. <laughs> Lauren says she did her hair for this and she produces tears. Ari makes them both guess the baby's weights. 
It's a very <laughs> intimate conversation. Ari says he's going to try to film if he's allowed, but also wants to, in quotes, soak it up. Ari puts on a scrubs taut. Lauren says, I can't decide if you look like a doctor or a custodian. Ari thinks custodian. <laughs> Ari says goodbye to her belly, and Lauren says they just cleaned it. Ari does more direct-to-cam video of himself, frustrated to be relegated to what he calls the dad room. This is a reflection of his men being discriminated against Instagram uh-huh. story that came when they were visiting the pediatrician. Like that he continues that storyline. This is its dramatic conclusion. Ari is finally led into the room where it happens, and he films the C-section at first behind the curtain with Lauren's upper body. Then he takes the camera over to the curtain to film the action itself. The surgery is blurred until we see the first baby emerge. And the Chiron says, 6, 11, 12 at 8.33 p.m. This was the one rare error in this. I believe the 12 is transposed. It should have said 6-11-21 because this is not 2012, but instead 2021. Mm. Or is it? You believe these babies are time travelers? I don't know. I got conspiracy on the brain. I'm going to think about that <laughs> fucking forest all day now. <laughs> As the video continues, Lauren produces more tears. Eventually, the doctors bring her first child to her so that she may see it and hold it. The babies are five and six pounds, respectively. Then a Chiron says a few minutes later, in the NICU. There are some transition time shots. Lauren breastfeeds. They discuss who the babies look like. Ari says the sister came out with bruises and needed support in the NICU. We see a nurse take a stamp print of the baby's foot. Ari then says they've been there a couple of days. They hang with the baby boy and give him a hat and call him a gnome. And the little girl is still in the NICU getting her heart rate up and needs to grow. It's simple. It feels for TRR with just Ari filming it, not coming across like they had the whole Us Weekly film crew in the birthing room or even a ring light for that matter. The whole thing was simply stunning, and the nation loved it. This video has 1,132,161 views, 28K upvotes, 2,736 comments. This is exactly what we expected. This was a saga, 16 minutes. One million views. They know what they're doing. And the editing was still done by whoever's doing their social media. We still see at the end, it pops up their Instagram handles. It says like and follow. We still have all the same graphics packages that were used in every one of their other YouTube videos used on this, even though Ari did shoot all the footage himself. It was just a brilliantly done video. It made you feel like you were in the room with her as she is delivering the Lion Dyke twins into this world. It made me feel guilty for my own prediction that it would definitely be an Us Weekly or people spread done. And not that that can't happen later, but I liked this move by them. They were like, you know what? We're going to do it raw for TRR. 
Lion Dyke style. I think they will still have some giant people, us weekly Cosmo thing when they're back mm-hmm. home and everything is settled. You know, their daughter, I think, is still there at the hospital, still needing some care. And I think once everything's settled and the family's together, we're going to get a big spread of Ari, Lauren, the two new babies, and Alessi's going to be present. It's going to be a whole family thing, probably shot somewhere near their house in one of those flower fields that they like to go to. Maybe it'll even be some kind of big party in their backyard, as we know they like to throw. Mm -hmm. But I think that is coming in the next weeks, and I'm looking very forward to that as well. Yeah, I'm very excited for the the twin content. I'm glad that they seem to be healthy and happy, and congrats on the 300K club, too. Huge. Yeah, it's huge, and we're going to watch that number rise and see who among the Lion Dyke children is going to hang on to that first place parasocial crown. But that does it for Parasocial Plays of the Week. Now is the time when Pace Case and I descend deep into the bottom of the pit to discuss how our relationship with this show is dramatically affecting our lives, sometimes positively, sometimes the opposite. (laughs) This is... Screams from the Pit! I have a classic scream today. Ooh, what does that mean? Let me just real quick define classic (laughs) scream for me, please. Classic scream, it's like an OG scream. It's like Mm. a scream of like a small thing that represented this larger like problem that I have essentially. Mm -hmm. My scream this week is that I had a friend apologized to me she said i i am so sorry i haven't watched the bachelorette yet this season she was so sincere and as if giving me this confession as if it would personally hurt me this information and i just i want to let all of my friends know i want everyone in the pit to know (laughs) that you do not have to watch or engage with the Bachelor franchise at all. It will not affect me negatively. Yes, I I am trapped. I am trapped in the pit, maybe forever. Time will tell, but save yourself if you can. Do not apologize for not making The Bachelor a bigger part of your life. (laughs) So this is not only a scream from the pit, it is... It's a soothing of anyone who may feel obligated to watch The Bachelor because they know you're deep in the pit. <laughs> I fucking I was love just it. Like, I, oh, shit. Yeah, I've had friends talk about the ratings, too, and be like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. It's like it has become such a fucking big part of your life that it's it's an overwhelming piece of your identity at this point. Even your friends know about it and they feel like if they're not engaged with it, at least at a cursory level, that it somehow is insulting to you. Yes. (laughs) That's fucking incredible. These are good friends. I got to say, you got some, some awesome friends there. If they're taking into account your level of fandom to the bachelor before they even have a conversation with you. 
They are great. I love them very much. Well, my scream has to do with some friends as well this week. As you know, here in Los Angeles, things are opening back up. June 15th was mm-hmm. our everything open day. Masks off, go inside stores, roll around on the floor, whatever you want to do. No holds uh-huh. barred. Did you roll? And s- Yeah, I went to Best Buy and just started rolling around in the printer department. <laughs> um, No, I have not yet been into any stores, but I did attend a not quite party. It was a gathering of... Eight people, I believe, if my math Wowie. is right, if my memory serves me. Thank you. It wasn't a backyard, so there wasn't like a lot of indoor activity. We're still adhering to that, but nobody was wearing masks. The The mood seemed lighter. It seemed like we were getting to some, in some way, back to kind of a normal gathering of people for a social event. I knew mm-hmm. many of the people at this thing already, and they're aware of my bachelor obsession, whatever. But there were many people uh-huh. at this party that didn't know. About half of the people were first time meeting these people. And one of the people Uh-oh. was a lady who watches a program called The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. She mm-hmm. described herself as obsessed and Uh-oh. said that she <laughs> runs a fantasy league, has watch parties. And I was like, I was good about this, you know? There was a time in my life where I wouldn't have been able to handle this. I did handle it. I engaged in a very surface level conversation about The Bachelor with her. I did not mm-hmm. mention rose quotients. I did not mention PTCs. Good for you. She was asking me, you know, like, oh, who do you think's going to, you know, go into the fantasy suits this season? I was like, oh, I think it's this, this, and this. She's like, oh, yeah, I really like him. You know, it was a very cursory level kind of like, who do you want to see in a romantic relationship? I love the show. It's so funny. Whatever. I'm I'm down with all of that. And uh, clearly, though, I knew more about The Bachelor than, like, anyone else at this party. And so mm-hmm. we were able to engage on a parties. certain level that led to a, a... Of course, but specifically this one, it was like she and I bonded over that in a way that she wasn't bonding with anyone else at this party. And so she eventually... I say, like, oh, yeah, I, I really like The Bachelor. I do, like, memes of it and stuff. She's like, oh, that's so cool. You know, we have a watch party. If you want to come to it, like, we'd be more more than happy to have you. And it was mm-hmm. at that moment that I could no longer keep up the charade. And I had to <laughs> say to her, oh, I'd really love to come, but I can't. And she was like, what? And I was like, well, I, I have a very specific way I watch the show. And um, I can't watch it with other people, I say to her. And I realize even as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> My relationship to the show has become such that I am now admitting to a complete stranger that my relationship to The Bachelor is so all-consuming that I cannot be in the presence of other sentient life forms as I imbibe the document. That is gone for me now. There is no uh, casual having a few drinks and like watching the show and laughing with people and I just told a complete stranger that basically I was like through the whole conversation I was like she was just like oh okay like and I'm like I know it sounds crazy but like I take a bunch of notes I need to rewind I need to pause I need to do all this shit I need to take pictures of the tv screen and you could just see her the look in her eyes went from like oh somebody else who likes the bachelor to like what the fuck is this guy talking about? I, I went from being able to rein it in and have a regular conversation and I was feeling good mm-hmm. about it. I was like, I could do this. 
I can reassimilate into casual bachelor conversations. And then it was just like, oh, you should come watch it at my house. I can't watch it with other people. It immediately went there, you know, as soon as yeah. the, the question was asked. And I was just like, I I mean, this is just what I am now with regards to, to the fair, bachelor. Like, like, what other response could you give? Like, conduct a series of charades and be like, oh, let me know the date. And then just be like, oh, it doesn't work every time. She yeah. Yeah. Of course. I could have been like, oh, sure. Here's my, you know what I should have done is said, here's my Instagram, given her bachelor clues and been like, DM me. And then if she looks at that Instagram and it's still like, okay, this guy can come, that's on her then. And I would take control of their watch party. And I'd be like, give me the remote control. I need a seat central to the room. I have to be able to see the entire screen and take a dead on photo of the TV screen 5,000 times per episode. Um no, I, w- I wouldn't have done any of that. I mean, maybe there was a way to kind of like gracefully bow out or something, but I was just like, fuck it. I felt like it was pent up and I had to be like, I watch alone on purpose for a very good reason, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, need I to remember my data. like, <laughs> I remember before I was even writing my recaps, but we were watching together someone invited me a friend invited me to watch with her and some people and I went and it was torturous people were talking the entire fucking time I couldn't hear anything we didn't have like the closed captions on which I watch everything with now at this point like Mm -hmm. it's one of my least favorite things about going to see a movie is I'm like I can't see the words I just really right. need it. Um, and I was just resenting all... There were some new people there I hadn't met before, kept talking, kept like saying like random like film facts. I was like, it was a disaster. <laughs> I never went back. Yeah. I remember the last time I watched with people. Um, it was a similar kind of experience where like I couldn't rewind. I couldn't pause. People were talking over the whole fucking document. And I got nothing done. It was uh, it was difficult for sure. But I feel like as things are opening up, I'm going to be exposed to situations like this more and more. Because at any gathering, there's going to be like one person who watches The Bachelor minimum. Mm-hmm. And if they find out that you do too, they'll want to engage you in a little bit of small talk about it. And so mm-hmm. really my scream is like, I thought that I could do the small talk. I thought I could do Bachelor small talk. And I was even doing it for a time. And then the question, want to come to my watch party, is asked. And I'm just like, small talk's over. (laughs) That's a tough one. It's like, (laughs) it's kind of like you have this like deal breaker that it's always going to come up at some point in the conversation. Totally. I did do a good job, though, of not then just uncorking everything and just title waving Mm -hmm. her with like, listen, let me tell you what a rose question is. Here's what a PTC is. It's a game. There's the parasocial world. Like I could have just unleashed the flood and I didn't. I I did find at least a small victory in that where it's like, sorry, I can't. Yeah. I have my own psychopathic ways of watching it. Bye. You know, I didn't I didn't go any further than that. <laughs> well, that's progress, clues. I'm proud of you. I agree. New year, I new totally clues. Yeah. I even sometimes think about like, could you and I do a watch party type thing? where we like throw it up on a big screen and kind of give commentary over as it's happening. And I'm like, I don't know if I could ever fucking do that. 
because I need to rewind it and pause it and shit. Is that just a part of it? I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, because we've talked about like maybe doing a live show. We probably actually will be doing that at some point. Spoiler. And like what the nature, if you're in LA, and what the nature of that would be. And I do think it's like, whenever you're listening to a podcast and it has like a live episode they're just a little worse you know and that's totally. just something that i think would happen is like our our breakdown wouldn't be as crisp but it may be totally. worth it i mean i don't think our live show is even going to be watching the show i think it's going to be something totally different that's just like for people who are in the pit basically like if you're really in the pit the live show is going to be for you <laughs> well well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll work it out. But those are our screams. I hope you feel at least a little unburdened. I do a little bit. Me too. Fantastic. And thanks, everyone, for joining us this week for This Week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you have had a fun time listening to all the Bachelor Nation news, the parasocial plays, State of the World, Aliens Are Among Us, the gains this week, and, of course, our screams. And we will be back next Tuesday with a breakdown of this coming Monday night's game and we're expecting some big things to happen for Carl where he's either going to somehow survive the storm that he's created for himself out of nothing or he is going to be defeated and sent home in the very next rose ceremony which we still have not seen by the way small mini correction on our game breakdown from Tuesday we said that Michael um, package deal Michael was the only one who got a bye week and didn't get a date but it looks like David Scott and Andrew Milkovich also didn't get dates but they just didn't highlight that fact I assume they'll be kicked off in that rose ceremony time Maybe. will tell who knows? they're both in my final four so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> time will tell but thanks once again. And as always, before we go, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,024 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in... Um 
factory body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.